I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the My Guy Mondays podcast. I'm your host, Cabby Richards. On Twitter, it's at Cabby. Thank you guys for the click and thank you for the subscriptions and the subscribers. Appreciate you all. So the way the My Guy Mondays podcast works goes as follows. Three of my friends come in. And we have conversations about sports and stuff. There are three debuts to the Cabby Presents podcast in this episode, so you'll hear three new voices. There's a TV host, there's a producer, and there's a stand-up comedian. And we talk NHL, we talk World Juniors, we talk NBA, talk a lot about NFL playoffs, talk relationships, goons, concerts, and then more sports. Let the conversation begin. It's his favorite day of the week, and these are his dudes. Time now for My Guy Mondays. Leading off My Guy Mondays... The debut to the Cabbie Presents podcast, an old friend of mine, and a fresh face on SportsCenter on TSN, Gurdeep Alawalia. Welcome, sir. Yes, thanks for having me, Cabs. It's been a good day. I got Jeff O'Neill following me on Twitter today, and now I'm doing this with you, so this is a winning day. What happened to his bet? He made a bet on Twitter with Matt Sundin that if Canada faced Sweden in the final, in the World Juniors final... It was a thousand bucks. He put that out on Twitter, which is, is pocket change for those two guys, I would think. <laughs> right, especially Matt. Matt's also went out and said that there's no way Sweden's losing this tournament, and we saw what happened today. Sweden losing to Finland. So. Yeah, yeah. So that. Uh, so what was your what was your reaction when? Uh, well, we'll just start there with the World Juniors because it's such a massive tournament here in Canada, big property for TSN. Uh, but Canada, for the second straight year, finishes without a medal. The World Juniors uh, championship. They lose to Finland. They lose to Russia in the bronze medal game. Your reaction? You know what? Uh, I'm not that surprised going in. You know, I remember... Really? I'm not surprised. Expectations are so high in this country for I know, they are. And I think it's a little little misguided, I think, uh, the expectation. I mean, I'm a little surprised we didn't get a medal. I'm not surprised we didn't win gold. This tournament is so balanced now. There's so many good teams. I mean, just going through the favorites before the tournament started, to me, you know, there was sort of four or five tier A teams, then a couple of teams with an outside chance, and then the teams that had no chance. So... You know, you you look at this tournament, the last six years, you've had five different winners. Right. right. I mean, it is so balanced. I think Brent Sutter said it best. He goes, you know, this isn't our game anymore. Now this is this is everyone's game. I think I'm paraphrasing there, but this is everyone's game now. And, I mean, Sweden is, has been so good. They had 12 returning players, and, you know, the key for them, I think, was that they had a couple of uh, NHLers released 
to their team, Philip Forsberg and Elias Lindholm. With the Finns, they were missing their best player, and they still won this tournament. That's amazing. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. That's a shout out to Ristolainen. I, I think Rist, I that goal was nasty. That that was nasty. Yeah. yeah. And that's the only time I'll ever shout out uh, Ristolainen. <laughs> um, do you think there's? Do you think um, media wise, we or I suppose expectation wise, we put too much pressure on like seventeen and eighteen year old kids? I think so. I mean, what were you doing when you were seventeen? I was chasing uh, 17 years old. Okay, I was working at Canadian Tire yeah. in the sports department, selling uh, rollerblades and lawnmowers. And then I was, um, who was the, who was, uh, uh, that was the, I was, I was trying to meet girls from different high schools. There you that go. was like the big thing. There Maybe you if go. you like met a chick from like a different oh, high school, huge. that's like, yeah. And I mean, here's a double whammy. If she was in a different high school and she was older. Oh, dude, that's huge. That's it. <laughs> but that's rare, though. That's a that's a rare feat. It has been done, yeah. but it's rare. It's very rare. I wouldn't put it past you, though, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, I've never done it. I would never. I didn't have that much game in high school. I find that hard to believe. I'm telling you, man. I I actually don't have that much game now, it was, but it was, my game was, was limited. It, was it 360 King that created the game for you? Oh, uh, three. No, I, you know what the um. The game, mid, mid, I was a late bloomer. Mid, mid-20s okay. is when it started to evolve. You're a late bloomer, but now you're blooming like crazy. <laughs> uh, again, it's, it's relative. Okay, I don't want to get you in trouble here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going back to it, I mean, yeah, look, at, at 17, I was playing video games and working at Shoppers Drug Mart. I think Were you actually? I was. I was stocking adult diapers <laughs> and trying to make sure people weren't stealing the razor blades. That's the number one most stolen thing at Shoppers, is the, what are you th- the razor blades. Actually? Yeah, because they're easy to pop out of the packet. Now they actually put the security tags on the blades themselves, not on the box. People would pop them out in their pockets. I had no and idea. And they're pricey. You ever bought razor blades from Costco? It's no. Like, it's like 60, 70 bucks to get a replacement pack of uh, Gillette Fusions. It's crazy. What do, you, what do you mean? I thought there was like, they were like eight bucks. No, no. You're ra- talking about like ra- the, the replacement blades. The like actual, the, with a three pack or yes. the four pack. Yeah. Are not 60 bucks. No, if, you, if you go to Costco. So I got like 18 of them and like 60 bucks. But <laughs> so you're buying, like, yeah. for like the, for like you're buying year. for like a whole hockey team. But, <laughs> or myself for the year. Look, I'm Indian. I got to shave regularly. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. But what was the original question? Oh, yeah. Expectations. I I think there's a ton of pressure. I mean, you you forget how young these kids are because the quality of hockey is just so darn good. And, you know, these kids are pretty mature for their age. They're living with, most of them are living with billet families, not living at home. Um, I think they've had to grow up pretty fast. So, yeah, yeah, it, it is a lot of pressure. But, you know, that's the way it is. And that's what they need to sort of get them groomed for the next level, which is, you know, the NHL for a lot of these kids. So speaking of the NHL, I don't, have you been watching the HBO 24-7 series? I caught the first two episodes and part of the third one. I didn't see I didn't see the whole thing yet. Okay, now, do, the, did you go, did you attend the Winter Classic? I did, I did attend the Winter Classic, and I actually saw you there. Uh, did you? Happened to sign, sign a couple autographs and take a couple pictures. No, I wasn't signing. I, I was taking a couple. Of, I'm sure I you mean, took some photos also. No, I, I, no one even recognized. I had was bundled up in like 18 layers. And no okay, even, fine. Well, you probably looked like that kid in the Christmas story. Like, Remember like the little <laughs> brother in the, in the yeah, purple <laughs> snowsuit? That's exactly what I was like. But man, like, did you go down for work or did you go down on your own? Uh, well, I know I watched I watched the game as a fan. So okay. for people that are they're listening to this outside of the the GTA or outside of Toronto, uh, the drive from Toronto to Detroit is four hours, and then Ann Arbor, Michigan, is about forty five minutes with no traffic yep. from Detroit uh, in between Detroit and Ann Arbor. So, but um, <clears throat> so I went to host the tailgate party okay. from eleven to one, and then the puck dropped at one thirty, and then went into the big house. And for some reason, it took forever for us to actually get to our seats. Did you have that too? I had the same problem, but it was Murphy's Law for me that whole day. I had a million problems before that one. I'm glad oh. I wasn't the only one. And now I know I should have hit you up for the tailgate party. 
I had no idea. It was fun. One. It was fun. So, so here was my predicament for the Winter Classic, right? So I had, no, I had no New Year's plans a few days before New Year's. I go on StubHub. Tickets are selling below face value. Really? Below face. I got oh. $130 tickets for 85 bucks with shipping wow. and everything. So I, I grab a few friends, a couple guys, a couple gals. I say, let's go. I'll drive. We'll go down. Uh, I book a hotel on points. Couldn't get one in Ann Arbor or Detroit. So we're staying in Troy, Michigan, which is an hour away from Ann Arbor. Holy crap, so dude. We, we go up the 31st. We have a good night. We party. In Troy, Michigan? No, we, we went to Royal Oak, which is like a nice little suburb. It's, it's <laughs> okay, little, okay. The folks in Detroit, we, we stopped for Coney Island hot dogs in Detroit. We went up, and the guy <laughs> said, don't come down to Detroit to, par- to party. It's a bit sketchy. He said, go to Royal, Royal Oak. A little better crowd, a little more mature, decent crowd. All right, sure. That's what we did. Good night. We get back to the hotel, and there's a couple on our floor having a domestic. Oh, all, that's all the worst. Night, all night. So I call, I called secure. I called uh, the front desk. Did you? I called the guy to my You're room. that guy. But it, it was crazy. Like the stuff. Like they you were thought, yelling, like like things were gonna get, like someone was gonna get hurt. It was door slamming. It was invectives. It was loud. It was like as if nobody was around. There was no shame with this couple. It was unreal. So I called the front desk. The guy comes to my room. I close the door and I said, "Listen." I go just just wait. wait. Did, did you poke out into the hallway like peeking out to see if it, it spilled into the hallway? It did. It. T- I was honestly freaked out to go because the- this thing was like rumbling through the hall like a Tasmanian devil. This is a crazy, <laughs> crazy thing going on here. So I called the guy from the front desk and I called him into my room and I just said, "Dude, just just listen for a second. He stopped. Listen. So wait, the guy came into your room into to my listen. Room. Okay, so yeah, I, yeah. I close the door and I'm yeah. like, just listen. It's silent for about ten seconds, fifteen seconds, and then it picks up again. He hears it. I'm like, you hear that? He goes, yeah. I go, that's got to stop, man. I got to sleep. I got to drive in the morning. We got to go to this game. He's like, all right, I'm on it. He leaves. He, I get, I don't know if he went to talk to them or not. It stopped for about ten minutes. Picks up again. Call the front desk again. No answer. Call the front desk again an hour later. No answer. So what time of the night is this? Now it's about. Uh, Four. Okay. And I, and Four I, we're getting up. Our plan was to get up at seven to make the drive because we knew it was going to be a nightmare getting yeah, there. Yeah. So, anyways, I uh, don't end up getting up till about nine. We leave the hotel at ten. This couple, the police, is now in the lobby. Come uh, on. The, this couple is scrapping in the lobby now in front of everyone. Is this the first time you've actually seen first what they time look we like? Actually, see what they look like. Okay. And it was, and it, you know, I was trying to explain it to my friends who were on a different floor when they spilled out into the lobby. So then they, then they saw it. Then they got then they got a picture of it. So, anyways, we go there. It's three hours. It ends up being a three hour drive to to Ann Arbor. White knuckle driving. You know there was a snowstorm. Yeah. And for some reason, the state of Michigan doesn't believe in snow plowing or salting. I don't know what <laughs> Dude, was going on. Dude, there's no budget for it. It was in the state I know of Michigan. This, I know Detroit's bankrupt, but come on, people. I don't mind paying the tax money here to to, to get our plows. <laughs> it. it was crazy. So I saw fishtailing. I saw a few accidents. Uh, it was literally a silent drive. Radio's off. No one's talking in the car, and I'm white knuckling. We get there at one o'clock. We park at the mall that's about four kilometers away. We have to walk. Come on. Yeah, we walk. 4K in a snowstorm? That's where everybody was parking. So we park there, free parking. We walk. We get to the game for about 1.40. We know we've only missed about five minutes because the game started late. But then we can't get into our section, as you mentioned. Yeah. So they kept us waiting in the atrium for us and about 100 other people in section 28. Until dude, I was in section 28 also. That's why I saw you. That's why I saw you. I saw you walking through section 28. Yeah, dude, that's were taking some that pictures. is just so we weird. We probably waiting in the same line. Yeah, I went, over, I went over to section 29 to go in and then then cross like a bunch of people's legs to get into my section because I was like, why is this freaking line so long? It took us 30 minutes to get through the line into our section. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm yeah. jumping the line and that's how I made it to my seat. I'm glad you're feeling my pain. Why were you in section 28? You're big time. No, I'm not big time. I Why I went no, I went with the, my friend Scott O'Hara. We were, we sat in row 75. Like I was far away from the action. At times I was I was I was looking up at the at the jumbo one of the scoreboards to watch the action, freezing my 
friggin' backside off. But it was, yeah, that that's, dude, I, I, I don't, I wasn't in a box. <laughs> I figured you would be. Nah. Sidelines were pretty decent, though, eh? Yeah, yeah. The cool thing about Michigan Stadium is the sidelines are actually pretty small at Michigan Stadium, so you don't get that feeling that the rink is sort of this, this small P in this middle of this abyss. It actually felt like it was decent size. What, what row did you have? Uh, I was like row 86. Okay. So you, okay. I was a few behind you, and I yeah, I saw you, but it was just too cold to even get up. and try. I took no pictures at this game because I didn't want to take my gloves off. Dude, I get one picture. I got one, and it was like a, like a super wide shot, and I was like, man, I'm not going to post this anywhere because you can't really, you can't really, you can see the ice surface, but you can't yeah. see the players. You have no idea who no, the players I are. Couldn't, I felt like an American because I could see the players, but I couldn't see the puck. I kind of needed like a right. big blue glow or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the red streak. Yeah, exactly. When you were, okay, so it was like minus 34 degrees Celsius for Canadian listeners. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. It's probably like, it felt like it was zero. Or maybe it's maybe it's like minus ten Fahrenheit. I don't. I'm not really sure. I think the exact conversion is damn cold. Yeah, damn cold. Yeah. damn cold Fahrenheit. Uh, the game was on uh, Wednesday, I guess. Uh, Ninety six hours later, feet still numb. Seriously? One hundred. I'm not even lying. Feet are still left wow. foot. The left big toe and the the toe beside it and the toe beside that still numb. When I press my feet in my shoes, I still feel pain. So I'm. I think tomorrow, like uh, like, <laughs> if it doesn't go away in the next twenty four hours, I'm gonna have to go see. You got like, bad circulation calves. Yeah, because I'm fat. <laughs> You're not. You've actually you've actually lost quite a bit of weight since uh, I, uh, some, the three sixty st- days. I'm very proud of you. Well, I appreciate it, but uh, yeah, I'm still. I have a friggin' spare tire around my uh, torso. I don't know. It's pretty soon. You're gonna have to update that Twitter bio because it's not gonna be <laughs> accurate anymore. I was hoping that we could celebrate uh, the Toronto Raptors winning six straight games, but unfortunately, uh. Uh, LeBron James and uh, Dwayne Wade ruined that idea. Um, uh, with uh, beating um, the Raptors uh, in, uh, the, I mean, they went to Miami and they, but man, like the resurgence. And, and you I'm, know what? I watched this whole game. This game was close the entire way. The Raptors actually had the biggest lead of the game at eight points in the third quarter, and then they came up flat in the fourth. I think they only put up a couple of points in the first six minutes of the fourth. Miami just started taking some chances, and Chris Bosh woke up. Uh, but man, you gotta love what this team's done since November eighth, right? Yeah, since December eighth. Sorry. Si- si- yeah, December eighth. Since Rudy Gay's been traded, they I suppose it's now ten and four. Ten and four. Yep. Ten and four. Their yep. their record, and uh, I mean, forget hashtag you know tank rigging for Wiggins or tank for Wiggins or whatever. <laughs> it's like this to me just tells me that dudes have pride and they're not just gonna tank to get on the chance that they might get this blue chip prospect whether it's Julius Randle or it's Jabari Parker or it's Andrew Wiggins what are they, what does this say to you the Raptors resurgence and now at top of the Atlantic Division with a 500 record that's crazy right it still yeah. sounds crazy you know for me like it's just so interesting how much the sentiment in the city has changed in the last right? month. Because before, you know, and I don't necessarily blame the fan base, because before, when it was between tank or not tank, I think most people equated not tank to 7th or 8th, squeak in the playoffs, and get swept by Indiana or Miami. Right. But now, the question has changed. Now it's tank or 3rd or 4th. And that's different, right? Because... You know, no one's disillusioned in thinking the Raptors are going to, you know, win the NBA championship. But if you can get past one round, which if the Raptors finish third or fourth and they match up against, you know, a Washington uh, or a Charlotte or Chicago, maybe they can win the first round and maybe they get through to the second round and they lose there. And I think most Raptor fans would take that trade off Uh, some playoff experience getting to the second round. Uh, and losing. I mean, we're talking about a franchise that has one playoff win in its entire existence. All right. And I mean, I think the last time I heard on the broadcast over the weekend, 
I don't know if it was in the, I think it was the Indiana game. They were saying the last time the Raptors were, you know, over 500 after 30 games or so was the Chris Paul. Four Bob- years ago. Yeah, it was like yeah. in like January 2010. Yep. It was the, That's what it was. Yeah, the, uh, the Chris Bosh era uh, Toronto Raptors. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it continues. I mean, it's exciting and it's great for basketball in Canada when the Raptors do well. So I hope that continues. And who knows what happens in the draft? I mean, it's. It's that's the thing, right? And the, you know the other the other storyline. And I forget who brought this up, but somebody was talking about this in the radio. The other storyline is, you know, forget tanking for Wiggins. I mean, he's not a guy who's going to come in and and make your team better in year one or two. He's going to take a few years, let him work out his kinks with wherever he gets drafted, and then let's make the story. Andrew Wiggins is t- Andrew Wiggins is taking his talents back home, right? In, in a few years, and let him come up to Toronto when when the Raptors have a decent core. Why can't this play out that way? Oh, that's true. Yeah, after year three or year four, and then uh, take you know the the max deal, whatever that those numbers may be yeah. at that time that that'd be a pretty cool story that'd be cool right because we never get the free agents so he'd, he'd want to be out of charlotte by then or freaking sacramento yeah. or, or milwaukee or milwaukee yeah, right yeah exactly or detroit um so nfl i'll get you out of here on this nfl wildcard weekend wild wild indeed wild yeah uh of the four teams that won talking san diego we're talking san francisco uh we're talking new orleans and we're talking uh indianapolis which which of those four teams do you believe or do you think because whether it's destiny or the team is hot like san diego's won i think five games in a row which one of those teams do you think will win on the road at a new england denver carolina or seattle it's always easy to try and pick the top seeds i guess but i mean you look and a wild card team almost always makes some noise in the play. I think, I think six of the last eight Super Bowl winners are teams that played in the wild card, right? So you got to think that there's going to be some upsets. I mean, uh, looking at this matchup, I think, you know, I know San Diego beat Denver within the last month, but I'm going to throw that out right away because I can't see Denver losing twice to San Diego within a month, and they're going to be at home. So I'm going to throw that one out. I'm also going to throw out Seattle at New Orleans because I can't see Seattle losing at home either. It's a six versus one. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to say I could see upsets, quote-unquote upsets, in the other two. I could see Indianapolis t- taking down New England with the way Andrew Luck's going. I think that was one of those, one of those, um, you know, one of those footnote performances for Andrew Luck that's going to be in his bio. It's going to be on his Wikipedia right. now what he did yesterday, right? Yeah. So he wrote a significant chapter, his first playoff win, so I could see him maybe carrying that momentum through and taking down New England. This isn't the big bad Patriots that we've come to know over the past few years. Uh, and I could see San Fran maybe taking down Carol. The thing with San Fran or Green Bay, I would have been afraid of either team that got through. And San Fran now, I think they won, what, their last four or five I believe so. regular season games? Yeah. And, and Colin Kaepernick's looking pretty good. So um, I'm going to go with those two, Indianapolis and San Fran. I'm just going to throw this out there because I don't really make predictions because my predictions never come true. Yeah, I'm terrible at it too. I should probably preface it with that. I'm just going to go say for the Super Bowl, I'm saying this now. New England versus Carolina. Based on nothing else but <laughs> the Under Armour commercial where Tom Brady meet met Cam Newton in his rookie season. The commercial directed by Peter Berg. I like the commercial. I think it'd be cool from um, one mantle pass down the other. And I think Carolina has the best defense in the NFL. That's all it's based on. There's a 100% chance those two teams won't meet up in the Super Bowl to be played in, in Giant Stadium in New York. But however, if there's a sliver of a chance that I'm right, then I'm just going to remind everybody that I was right.
there's more than a sliver of a chance that you're going to be right. I mean, who knows? No, none of us really know anything. Right? That's true. I mean, it's like that test they did way back in the day where they had stock experts pick stocks and they had monkeys throw darts at a dartboard and they tracked them over a year. Come on. And the monkeys beat the experts, <laughs> right? That's what they That did, actually happened right? in real life? That, that actually happened, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what this is. And I don't know if I'm one of the monkeys or the experts, but either way, oh, man. who knows, right? I'm one of the clowns just watching, just in marveling at the the, the accuracy of uh, some of that dart throwing. Uh, Gurdip, it's been a pleasure having you on the My Guy Monday podcast. My pleasure. On Twitter, it's uh, at Gurdip A, correct? That's right. G-U-R-D-E-E-P-A. Yes, and Jeff O'Neill's following me now, so I mean, that's all the incentive you need, right? Yeah, that's that, that's a big set. Are you also on Instagram? I'm not. I don't know. I Get on Instagram. Isn't it? Okay, I, I don't mean this is a personal slide too, but isn't Instagram kind of for chicks? Instagram is hugely popular with women, okay. massively pop, probably the most popular app. Women, I, that's right. ba- I have no empirical data to support that right. claim. However, I just know it's really popular. It's that in Pinterest. Yeah. Um, but uh, you I know, just don't see the like. Tell me why in in you know 140 characters or less why I should <laughs> join for join up for Instagram if I've already got Twitter and I've got Facebook. Instagram just allows basically allows you to show off your like <laughs> cool, cool stuff yeah it's cool filters but there are cooler filters but it just allows you to i don't know put i don't actually i don't know i don't have a good reason to to i was waiting for you to go wolf mm. of wall street on me sell me this pen sell me the, have you seen the movie yet great movie i saw it on christmas day sell me this pen so did i man yeah i saw that and her on christmas day both you did a you did a double bill just, huh and i just paid for one it's his favorite day. What could make Cabby feel this way? My guy, my guy, my guy. Talking about my guy. Mondays. Another debut to the My Guy Mondays podcast in the Cabby Presents audience, sis. TSN producer Craig Chambers who, as a producer, you are responsible for interviews, which in the business we call them features, or when uh, viewers at home, uh, at the beginning of a, of a game, you'll see an opening. And again, in the biz, we call that a tease. Craig is responsible for making these teases, whether it's hockey, whether it's football, and also the uh what are called the power poses craig yeah power poses power poses uh, again at the beginning of a broadcast or when you go to commercial and you see those shots of the players sort of posing to the camera or flipping the football in the air or just looking like really mean and fierce craig is responsible <laughs> for setting the players up in those positions etc see i would have said craig is responsible for way too much no that one hey listen we work at the leader so everything is uh, everybody's got a, a lot of things to do to to make uh, the broadcast etc uh legit and dope so uh craig so you, did you do the power poses for team canada i did yeah actually i uh, worked with the players in toronto at the start of december it was actually a unique situation this year since they were cutting players in europe uh, we had uh, the pre-team prior to cuts in Toronto, and we kind of did power poses with uh, with all the players, which is usually just do twelve guys after the team's made. So, made for a, a longer day. But so, how many how many guys were like and and these poor kids? So there are guys I thought they were on the team because they're they're in their uniforms, they're skating up to the camera, do the they do the stop, they do the look, you know, they t- they tilt their head up and they yeah. give a you know their blue their version <laughs> of blue steel. 
Why is Blue then, Steel the only one we remember from Zoolander? They're like because well, it's Blue Steel. I know, but you they're like, like that other is the look, right? There <laughs> but are there no were other others. Looks. No, but Blue Steel is the look. That's the only one that's that's uh, had any legs. Uh, I feel like there was a wasn't there a Magna? Magna, yeah, Magna. But it, I mean, it was just Magna, right? Just like, Magna. Yeah, it wasn't cutting it. Blue Steel. So okay, yeah. So there, were, there. Were how many kids on that day or those couple of days? Uh, were... We did twenty-five. There's actually uh, five stations that we have them all going through. So we did twenty-five. The, we do the power post set, and there's also um, we do the skills at uh, during the broadcast. It's like three D, kind of like a Matrix type thing. So they go through that set. They go through like a green screen set. So it's a pretty busy day for them. Uh, it's, so are they are they actually like doing like slap shot? Are they skating? Are they doing like stick handling? They're doing all that. Yeah, they'll do slap shot, stick handling. Um, some guys, if they're like nursing an injury, they won't do anything. So yeah, we pretty much uh, pretty much do a lot with them. It's a they love it though, right? They're at, they're at like the perfect age where they're they're just about to be like big big names so they're, <laughs> they're great to work with they'll do anything they're, and they're still like big deals like at their high school because then they're, they're on like national television in this hugely watched tournament in uh canada i'm not sure how big it is in the united states but uh or uh, in europe but it's massive here in canada yeah it's it's like it's big everywhere now right it's it's become a lot big. obviously it's biggest in canada but uh, it's it's still pretty it's a pretty good size ar- around the world. So you also uh, do these poses with uh, ha- uh, football players. Yes. Um, now, like who who are like easier to uh, which players are easier to uh, actually which players love the camera more? <laughs> Between uh, hockey players or football players? Yeah. Football players, without a doubt. Without a is, doubt. Is there a player in particular that just loves to, like, he's the guy that's, like, looking down the lens, like, looking into the audience. You know, he's, like, you know, brushing his eyebrows. You know, he's uh, making sure his fade is correct or his rolls. I don't think I want to call anyone no, out. No, call him out. No, if you're, all if you're I doing, call him out, Craig, then I all you're doing is year. saying is this guy enjoys being on television. <laughs> You're not saying he's a uh, egomaniac. You're just saying he enjoys the process of the power poses. You know what? I will say that in this, you know, in CFL, they all there's maybe one or two guys who would rather be other places. Like Odell Willis. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Odell is actually really good. I've uh, the times I've worked with Odell, he was he was loving. It's a lot different than sometimes when you guys are requesting them, right? Because I'm I'm just saying, hey, go stand there and you know act macho. No problem. Right? I'm not <laughs> grilling just, them with questions. I'm yeah. not, you know, tell me about this, tell me about that. I'm just like, act like an idiot. And they're like, yes, I'm in. Do you play music on those? Uh, you know what? Sometimes I do play music. Sometimes I don't. It just depends how much time we had to set up. Usually you try and play it. You're trying to make it like a photo shoot, right? You want to want to have good music going so the guys are into it. And uh, Okay, so who's who are the one or two guys that don't really enjoy it? Uh, Anthony Calvillo? You know what? AC, honestly, that guy is amazing to deal with. Like, Who are the guys that don't enjoy it though, like, Craig? Hold on. So, since we're on AC, okay. There are usually you get the new guys who the like after the shoot they'll come up like, hey, thanks, man. You know whatever. Which you understand they're they're new to the game. Every time I work with that guy, he thanks me for my time. He comes up and talks to me. They're like. That guy is off the charts, Calvillo. There's no better human he's being. He's a very, he's a very classy dude. One hundred percent. Beyond class, yeah, he's awesome. He, he even lets me mess around with him. I've interviewed him maybe three or four times, and he'll kind of smile when I approach because yeah. he'll be like, "Oh, this oh, freaking guy boy. again." <laughs> like so many athletes, just like, still, uh, still. "Yeah, this guy still doing like, haven't we? Haven't has this guy been fired yet? How the frick does this guy get access to our locker room?" Okay, so who's the who are the dudes that don't really enjoy it? I, I honestly, I, I can't. 
like if I could call someone out, if it was like you're not calling the person out, you're just saying this part of the process, this player doesn't really seem to enjoy it that much. I, I can't do it, man. Sorry. This is the My Guy Mondays podcast, Craig Chambers. Okay, you're making your debut. Exactly. You want to come back for a, a sequel, don't you? <laughs> you got to give the audience what they want. Okay, fine. Be like, just... Player X won't work with me anymore, but man, I'm on My Guy Mondays every week. <laughs> <laughs> what about okay? What about the guys that really enjoy the process? Um, there are guys that are really good at it, like Arlen Bruce. I've worked with him uh, tons of times. He he gets it right. Anytime you work with guys that have done it a lot. Um, Hank Henry Burris, he he's he loves it. He's uh, you know, these guys are all up for uh, up for doing doing fun stuff and kind of messing around with the camera. I'd say those are probably two guys that anytime I work with them, no matter what's going on in their day, I know that for that 15 20 minutes I have them, they're going to they're going to be having fun. Okay, so let's 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 uh, skip over to the World Junior. Who was the kid that enjoyed the process the most on this year's World Ju- World Junior squad? Uh, you know what? From they're, what you remember. They're all kind of still uh, they got the wide eyes. So so they all kind of like it. You know, it's it's a huge set that we have for the juniors. You know, we have the whole ice surface. Um, so it's a lot bigger than anything. Where did you guys shoot seen. it in Toronto? Uh, we shot at the MasterCard Center. At oh, okay, the where the least practice. Least okay. Practice facility, yeah. So um, they're they all pretty much love it. It's uh, you know it's a big deal for them. It's okay. Know. Are you gonna give me a name, Craig? You know what? This one time I shot with this dude uh, Cabral. Man, he was a pain. <laughs> <laughs> We've never shot together. No. You well, never, luckily like, for you, you do, you do not want to work with me. Why not? Because I will make... I want to do a power pose. <laughs> yeah. Let me just push my stomach out a little bit. Flex. <laughs> Let you me just arch me my flex. back a little bit. Uh, okay, so what was your reaction to when uh, Canada lost to Finland and then Russia and thereby not uh, earning a medal in the World Junior Championship tournament? Yeah, I mean, tournament. Uh, obviously, you're upset. I mean, I'm upset for a number of reasons. Uh, one, being a Canadian and a hockey fan, it's upsetting when the team you love and cheer for doesn't do well. But also from um, a work standpoint, I went from, you know, having all my stuff laid out and, you know, mapped out if Canada goes for gold. You know, I got this big master plan and it's like, okay, uh, bronze medal game. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. What are we doing here? Yeah, bronze you got to go to plan so, B. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we had a big track lined up and had a big opening plan. But, uh, you know, it so, so when you So you have to... Uh, a when you are responsible for making these 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 opening montages, these teases where there's like a a hot song, maybe there's some some sound bites from a coach or some players, and then just great visuals cut together to the beat. So you had your like if Canada would have advanced to the yes. gold medal game, like you had your gold medal tease like in your head, you had it ready to go. We we actually after we finished the semifinal one, just because it was such a short turnaround this year, we started to cut. The gold medal. Team. You guys are responsible for jinxing Team <laughs> Canada, Craig. No, no, it was no, no, your no, no. fault, Craig. But, but we had Finland in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh no. So yeah, but that was more for you know we all everyone's preparing for that, right? Because everything changes dramatically if Canada's in the gold medal game. Pre-game shows go from half hour to an hour. You know, all of a sudden every guy becomes a star in his or her town. So you you gotta. It just it's a whole different ball game if they play for gold. So. This is the equivalent of the March Madness tournament uh, for our American homies that are listening to the podcast. And, and the you know March Madness is a massive and I think the best tournament in sports uh, year after year. And so it, the World Junior Championships uh, is uh, similar to to that here in uh, in Canada. That's how big of a deal it is to us. 
Um, Very similar. And one thing I would say to March Madness, it's like as if March Madness ended after the first two weeks. You know what I mean? March Madness, is, it always starts big, and yeah. then it just kind of eventually kind of you know comes back down to earth. But it's like those first two weeks, and all of a sudden, there's a champ. So Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I, so it's, it's more condensed, yeah, obviously. That, yeah. that, that's an analogy I got for you. Okay. Just for... Well, know, but see with, the, see, with the March Madness <laughs> tournament, there's always there's always a... Well, not always. Generally, there's a Cinderella team. There's a feel-good story that makes it to the suites, yeah. maybe to the Elite Eight. There's Gordon Hayward. Yeah. And there's, you know, that one time, you know, George Washington made it to the Final yes, Four. Yes, and then... Yes. Uh, you know, there's like those kind of. Dwayne was Marquette was a. They were a dog, weren't they? The year uh, that uh, Dwayne Wade took them, or they. Uh, I don't think they. I don't no, think they went they that were, far. No. Maybe maybe to the eight. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but uh, that was what I guess 2003. Because Dwayne Wade came into the NBA with LeBron, Chris Bosh, Darko Milicic, and Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> You're <laughs> really gonna throw Darko? In oh, yeah, there. well, I'm he, sure he appreciates. Darko that. was the number two <laughs> overall pick in 2003. He's just not around anymore, <laughs> and all those other four guys are still studs. Yes. Still studs. Big time. Um, do you think there's too much pressure? Do you think like the media, because that's how these kids are going to feel it through the media or through social media, do you think there's too much pressure on these like 17 and 18-year-old kids, there's Canadian kids that we send overseas to represent our country in this tournament? There's definitely more pressure on them than any of the other teams, that's for sure. Um, too much pressure? I don't know. I mean, they're kids, but... A lot of these guys are gonna be playing the NHL next year. Like, they're kids, but they're not kids. Like you, they're they're men. Like you talk to these guys, they they've all grown up in this professional environment. You know, they've all been groomed playing in their CHL uh, cities or for the guys that play NCAA. So they're uh, they're men, and uh, you know, we always think of them as kids, and it's not fair to put that pressure on them. But um okay with it is there a dude that uh stood out to you this in this tournament from what you saw you know uh i vented with uh mr matthew cade who's uh one of our main producers at tsn about uh anthony mantha and uh, how he was like a bubble guy it's it's captain obvious now because he had such a great tournament but going into the tournament it it just shocked me how much play this guy wasn't getting i I mean like hype or whatever you know he's leading the queue in scoring he's like long he's got skills and he was a bubble guy, and in the early going, he was still kind of, you know, they weren't sure if, what he was going to do, how much he was going to play. So, Mantha would be my, he's, <laughs> would be he's, my short He's the guy answer. that stepped up to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, you also, you're a big photography guy, and I, I want to say, if anybody has attended or has seen the photos from the yearly Fellas X summer party, <laughs> this past year, Craig was our photographer, and he's, uh, uh, you know, one of his passions is photography. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thank you for very much for taking some great photos. Hey. This year we do a, a white party theme, and then all the guys that threw the party uh, wore red T-shirts, and Craig just photographed the women so nicely. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to, you know, complain about a gig like that. <laughs> it was, the ratio was healthy. It was, uh, so I'm sure the, the shot, uh, shot selection wasn't really that hard. But as a photographer... Mm-hmm. Have you noticed, would, have you noticed, is there a decline in the quality of photography um, since with the advent of, uh, first with, with Facebook and then Flickr, but the explosion of Instagram? I, I don't know if there's a decline in the quality. I would say in the appreciation. I would say, you know, people's appreciation for a good photograph is far more skewed now than it was five years ago, not just with the camera phones but even with the price of these semi-pro cameras like you can go get a 
you know, a good lens and a pro camera for like four hundred dollars. No, you can't. Like I remember you buying get an SLR, those... like a Canon SLR for about four hundred. That's the body, but not a lens you too. You get a good lens for that price. Like the lenses that these things come with, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's different. That's technology, though, right? So, I would just say the the appreciation, not necessarily the quality. The quality's gone up. I think people's appreciation for what actually is a good photo has gone down. I should I shouldn't blame Facebook or I shouldn't blame Instagram. No, I, let's guess, blame I guess them. Let's blame well, them. No, I guess people it's, love them too much. It's really the advancement in the camera phone technology because the camera phones makes everybody a photographer. Yes. And it's and it's like so weird to see I when I was I was away on um when Kanye had his concert in Toronto, I was on the road and I was following on Instagram. People were posting video of the after party at this club called the Hoxton and there's a shot of Kanye and Drake singing on the stage and there are like 150 this place isn't that big they're like 150 camera phones just recording and taking photos of this moment and people aren't enjoying the moment they're like recording them nobody yeah. enjoys the moment anymore that's like I got to record yes. the moment yes. I got to get the bits best picture because I have to show all my friends in my social network that I got this picture have you noticed that also I do. you know what? another thing I also don't get it you know what I mean? When you're that far away, like if you're front, if you're like right up at the stage or if you're at an event and you're like right there and you grab your phone and take a shot, wicked. But sometimes I see, you know, people, they take a shot and it's like, you know, you're at the back of the room or whatever. I'm like, what are you doing? I like, I don't want to see this. It's just enjoy. I agree with you. Like enjoy the moment. Enjoy what's happening. Don't try and show people that you were there. Tell them you were there. Yeah, I went. So I was at the Winter Classic in uh, in Detroit. I guess in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It was a warm event, I hear. Oh, dude, I still, oh man. But uh, I took a photo of uh, like I was in row seventy five. I was very far away from the ice, <laughs> and I was up there in the in the in the bleachers, or uh, in the bowl. And I took a photo, and it was so far away. I'm like, there's, no, I'm not gonna post this. I'm not. I'm just gonna delete this photo. Like, I, I saved one just for the memory, for memory's sake. But that's a different shot, though. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. Sorry to cut you off. This is my podcast. Now. <laughs> uh, that's a different shot, though, because that, that actually, the wide shot of that stadium is something. Just seeing that arena and that big bull, that actually, I am okay with. It's the concerts or it's the the baseball, games. right? Yeah. So I'll Those see on the ones, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll see on like the book of faces, like in somebody's feed, they're at a concert, but they're like in the three hundreds, yeah, exactly. and Kanye or Gaga or Timberlake, yeah. they're like a like a, like maybe like a four pixels in this if, picture, if, if that, and it's blurry, yeah. and you know the the lighting, the lighting is like cool for the stage, but in your camera, what what ends up on the screen, it looks like crap, and yeah. it's like it's just like you should have just saved yourself the time of posting these tweet on the it. book of faces. Tell us you're there. Just, just tweet update it, it. Yeah. like you know I was at this concert, and Bam. that's it. Done. We don't need to. We don't need to see you know photographic proof to believe uh, that you were there. Now, um, you uh, you shot a documentary this year. About the London Tigers, the baseball team. Mm -hmm. Actually, what? I cut it this year. I've been filming it. I was filming it for about five years. Really? Yeah. I shouldn't say filming it for five years. I've been working on it. Well, so you've been ga gathering clips and gathering and, footage, and figuring out the story that you yeah, were gonna. Yeah. So what was what about the London Tigers was the story that you told? Well, I grew. Well, the story that I told was just kind of about the team. It was a very uh, short stay that they had in the city. Um, so there are a lot of people that really didn't know about the team. Um, so who was on? Who of note was on the London Tigers? Uh, probably uh, Rico Bronya would be the the biggest name. We're t this is early '90s, so 
There's going to be a lot of your young viewers who are going to be like, who is They're that? listeners, Craig. They're <laughs> listeners. Oh, sorry, sorry. Listeners. Wait, no one can see me right now? <laughs> um, who won't Who won't know those names? But, uh, you know, Jim Tomey went through there. He certainly didn't play there, but he played against them. Deion Sanders, he made his pro debut uh, in London. Playing oh, that's cool. The, uh, Albany well, Yankees, J- so. Jim Tomey's a first battle Hall of Famer with over mm-hmm. 600 home runs. Deion I, probably won't make the Hall of Fame, but he's obviously a star, one of the – Best, uh, he's made uh, a dollar or two. Huh? He's made a dollar. Yeah, he's two. made a dollar or two. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't Pilar has like half of that, right? His uh, his ex wife. I don't. I don't think that went her that way. That got so dicey. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, he put her on blast yeah, on Twitter and everything. Yeah, and like, I think uh, I think it, she didn't get what she was hoping for. Dude, that just got man. They had they had a TV show together mm-hmm. for a couple of years, mm-hmm. like, and then it just went just went sour. Mm-hmm. So wait, as a as a was this your first document documentary? It was yes. It was it did a did a piece did you give a piece of your body like a, your that, mind body your 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 soul and your mind for sure you gave to the documentary and my wallet and your wallet <laughs> yeah because no, it's a lot it is more it is more than mind body and soul it is you you have to be completely in it all the time and it's a passion project it yeah it's a passion project for sure it's not like it's not going to be playing at the Oh, at the you know uh, Colossus Seven Definitely in Vaughn not. in four oh seven in uh, no. I actually it's not in Vaughn uh, or like one of those uh, AMC twenty fours in in Saskatoon. Yeah, no, it, it won't be playing beside uh, Ice Age anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best movie I could come up with yeah. in my brain. I couldn't even uh, name a freaking Cineplex, uh, whatever, <laughs> one of those sixteen theater this, joints. This isn't a movie podcast. It's his favorite day. What could make Gabby feel this way? My guy, my guy, my guy. Talking about my guy. Mondays. And also making his debut to the My Guy Monday podcast here on Cabby Presents is a comedian known across our country who for as he came into prominence, has been rocking a beard and a and a bald head. Dave Merhage, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me. Sir. So wait, do you do you wear um uh, do people know that you have a bald head, or are you one of those dudes that wear a lot of caps? I wear a lot of uh, caps. So I bald so I just outed you. Yeah, but I throw it off probably midway if it's a longer set midway through. I would say so. Then people are like, oh, he's bald. But sometimes people are are, don't, are like, oh man, we thought yeah you had hair. But they look so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> when they find out the truth, it's like, oh man, it's like it's like when people like uh, when you meet people that their voice doesn't match their yeah. face. I'm just like, oh, I I thought you, and you can't really say that in a polite way, but you're thinking you're like, oh, you're, I thought you'd look, uh, or like if it's a girl, like oh, I thought you'd be more beautiful. Your voice is just sexy, and then, then you see her, and then she has my build. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's sexy to some people. But it's, to some, it's not. It's not good to some. To some. Okay, so I'll ask you this question: yeah. What is the greater enhancer of a woman's appearance? The push-up bra, the Lululemon pant, or the the oversized sunglasses? So you're walking down the street, and a woman is approaching you, and she's wearing one of these three things, or all three things. What is the greatest enhancer of her physique? Oh, which pants. which ultimately lies to you as a male, because if she removes one of these pieces, then her then oh. it, then it's 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 kind of like then it kind of she might drop down maybe a full point in her quarterback rating. Okay, it's pant booty. I don't booty. I don't care. I no, I care for. I like I like a, a big booties. Yeah. So. 
um, that uh, push-up bra, I'm comfortable. I don't, like, I'm reasonable with breasts, like breast size. Yeah. I don't judge. I think it's the glasses for me where it will be uh, pretty deceiving, I guess. Because right. Those big glasses kind of cover your face. Right. So then you take them off and you're like, damn. Like, they cover majority because the eyes are, the eyes and, uh, like, the cheeks I get, like, that's a big big deal so if you're covering most of that i it's for me the glasses for sure the glasses right yeah. so when i when i ask the reverse to women they say shirts like baggy shirts to hide our friggin' you know midsections i have a legit spare tire around my stomach like i just have like i have like back fat which is not a good look anywhere like if i go to like a developing country they'll be like oh that guy's healthy because he's got this extra fat but here in north america not a good look it's the baggy shirts and the baseball caps so you're one of those dudes. I, I'm, you know what, and I'm glad. Uh, you're I'm glad, glad. That you, <laughs> because because uh, sometimes like with my girlfriend is this they like a tummy. But you're dude, you're 145 pounds, Dave. I I know I'm small. I know I'm small, but it's still like they they I I told her I was like I think I want to work out, and then she's like ah. Like I wanted to get the D'Angelo V, uh, and she's like, she's like, no, and I'm like, what? Like, but I, but I see how she gets excited about The Rock, or when it, what, she was telling me, uh, she was having a conversation with somebody about who's better looking, Fifty Cent or Mace. I said Mace, right? Which yeah. I don't know why I jumped in on that so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but she said Fifty, and one of the criteria was that he had big muscles. Right. So I'm looking back. I'm like, well, I don't got any muscles. No, you, you're like, mu- nothing. They 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 went away like the nineties. <laughs> they, they don't. I don't think they came in. So, uh, <laughs> so, it, so I don't believe at any. Like that's why the I'm comfortable with the baseball. Dude, go player. with go with the D'Angelo V. The <sighs> untitled. How do you feel, D'Angelo uh, V? I'm telling that is that's universally attractive to women. I think I'm gonna do that because you know how hard it is to maintain a tummy. That's even harder than working out to get the V to maintain uh, like. The proper tummy where she can use as a pillow to sleep. No, that's not hard to maintain, doggy. Are you serious? Just eat chicken wings and French fries every time you go out. Yeah, I know, but it's heartburn. Like, this is too much work. <laughs> too much work. Dude, I went to. Uh, you mentioned D'Angelo a few months ago. D'Angelo came to Toronto, and I, I went to the, to the to the concert, and it was the oh, the first time in my life I saw grown men react like women at a concert <laughs> and and in particular it was that song it was untitled slash how does it feel and to those who are forgetting this music video it's a view, music video where d'angelo is just it's just his top half of his body he's shirtless he's got muscles for days and it is said that while he's performing there is a, a young lady below the camera pleasuring d'angelo while he's singing how does it feel Oh, I didn't know that part. That was, yeah, because that's why he's emoting in a particular way, like when you see his face and he's singing certain parts of the song. Oh, really? Yeah, man, like man. he's enjoying, yeah. Yeah. So, but, so at the day, so it, the beginning of the song, there's just like this, like this chord. So they just, so Deanna, he just played that opening chord. <laughs> and I saw a dude was like, a dude was like waving as though he was like the only guy on an island like he was cast away. No, not like that. Not like two hands, but just like one hand waving side to side like hands across America. That's how dudes were reacting at this concert, this D'Angelo concert. Have you ever seen grown men behave that way? Yeah, I've seen them at Drake concerts. And the, the, weekend, the weekend was the most disturbing one because it was this guy in front of me. I was like, man, this guy's a thug. He's a goon. 
be a goon. <laughs> you're wearing the goon outfit. And then he was singing, like, there's that weekend song that goes, uh, how does it, uh, you don't know. Like, I don't know how to sing, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. and it comes on, like, there's a beat and it takes a while to go, you don't, and he's singing it. He's like, you don't, and I'm like, I can't. And he's by my side, and I'm like, I don't want to. This is where the blurriness between R&B and rap is rampant in this era. Because <laughs> back then, you like you either were Ice Cube or Jodeci. Right, like, right. You never met. You're one Great reference. That's it. You weren't crossing over now. But, but, like, but it was Jodeci that kind of were like the thug R&B dudes. So they, they even blurred. Yeah. They began to blur those lines. They did, but like there was still like you, you couldn't, you weren't going to go to Detroit to a Jodeci concert and see a thug. <laughs> serenading himself you're not gonna see that like right. just this era is a lot of it because it's it, which is i'm not trying i don't want to sound like a hater it's just fine it's just everybody singing or rapping now like every every buddy like the most like goonish guy where you is now singing everyone's just like i'm gonna sing like my hook and i'm gonna i it's just emo rap right like, I, I and i i sounds bad but i believe it's part of it is because uh hipsters go to concerts so hipsters they, they yeah, do they, they go to, they, they go, go to, to they go to a lot of rap concerts my i was just visiting home so my sister's husband's from detroit he was telling me he my brothers went to a young jeezy concert okay. young jeezy had two concerts in detroit that never happens it's just that young jeezy gets so much love in detroit that he's allowed to have two concerts in the same night two different promoters seven o'clock he had a show and midnight in the hood and then my brother went, so he's saying, you had hipster guys. Wait, which one did he go to, the 7 or the midnight? Day 7. You don't go to the hood. In the <laughs> you don't go to the hood. I've been to the hood during Christmas, uh, during the day, and, it was, and, uh, and you get prepped. Uh, so that's during the day. So they didn't go. They only went at 7. But again, you, I asked him, I was like, do you think the suburban kids or the hipster kids would come to the, the hood one? He's like, no. They're not gonna. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not crossing eight no, mile. They're not. They're gonna come. stay on their side of eight mile. Exactly. They're not even gonna come through. And I think that's which is not a bad thing. Like hipsters should go wherever they want. But I think there's just in that in that era, there's more of it. So I th I'm not surprised. Like at a weekend concert or a Drake concert, like goons are singing. Because there's no the, the line is is uh, the, yeah it's it's it's, <laughs> it's funny that you call them goons. I haven't heard anybody referred to like th it's thugs or like yeah. real like hood dudes, but goons is uh, kind of funny too. I can't take that credit. That's a comedian from uh, L.A. who lives in Vancouver, Dino Archie. He's from like Fresno, California, so he's yeah. always around me. He'd be like every time I'd go do shows in Vancouver, he, my slang would come from him because he'd be like, "Man, there was some goons at the club." <laughs> and I was like, "What are goons?" And he goes, "Yo," and then he showed me. I was like, "Man," he showed you on his phone. <laughs> He'd point a guy who was like, yo, that dude's being goonish. Like, yo, like, yeah. So wait, are goonish, like, are they, okay, for the people that are hearing this, yeah. this expression in this context for the first time, describe an outfit of a, of a dude that looks particularly goonish, Dave. Uh, I don't know in particular, but goonish could also not even just be the outfit. Like, obviously, if you're, like, if your hat is, is like, like, kind of like uh, low key where you can't see your eyes. You got okay. the baggy coat kind of thing and tatted on the neck. But like, you could also have a goonish like uh, demeanor about you where you're like, yo, that guy could break a chair over our back. <laughs> like a goon. I think a goon ultimately is always in goon. Like he, he <laughs> his smile barely and they're always ready to, uh, to turn up. Right. They're just ready to like, oh, you, you know, like, and they don't play around. Are There's these, no are these the type of dudes that, 
are would scream world star if or would they be on the video they'd be on the video, on the video <laughs> fighting yeah. in a McDonald's or a freaking Denny's in uh somewhere in Lawrence, Kansas or Yeah, or, that's a goon. That's yeah, a goon. Yeah. There's even animals could be goons because my boy Dino <laughs> showed me this video of this. I don't know if it was like a, I don't know what animal it was in Brazil, but it was bullying humans. And he was like, come on. Yeah. And he, he sent me, a, he goes, yo, man, look at this goon cow or whatever it was. And I was like, oh man, you can equate goon to animals. As well. Wait, it was bullying humans? It just kicked like somebody was trying to get it to back in the cage or back on a truck and it kicked this, like it just kept kicking this old man under a tree. <laughs> That sounds amazing. And I'm now going to be using Goonish. So thank you, Dave Verhage. Uh, okay, one, one more one more question about like uh, concerts and 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 uh, what is the rule? What is your personal rule about dudes singing female artists' music? If you're in a club and a hot Rihanna song comes on, or it's a Beyonce like, and the the hook is popular, or it, or it's, it could be. Like, uh, not, I don't even want to say Gaga or Katy Perry. It could be like, or it could be a uh, Janelle Monet. It could be I don't know. It could be something that pl- that pops in a club. It could be Lord. It could be Lord. Royals is a okay. Royals is a big tune. Um, I don't, what is what is your personal? Would you ever if it, be that dude to be singing the chorus uh, of a female artist? Yeah, I would, and like I I've done it before. I'm not gonna lie. I've 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 saying pour it up to myself <laughs> pour it up pour it up like by myself in public uh i i might have even i might have even twerked like she did in that video which is like a very disturbing video for i don't know she has the ability of is that when she's just on a chair by herself in that one kind of dingy room is that is that the uh, one yeah. and there's like water on the ground or, yeah. or something or is that the one that's the, i i never understood how she's caught up with so many male rappers supposedly and you watch that video and you're like, I would throw a bottle out of Chris Brown for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she is to the, uh, I, I would sing, I like singing Alicia Keys hooks. I'm not a big Beyonce fan myself. So okay. I wouldn't sing her hooks. You're uh, not going to sing all nah. the single ladies? Uh, that one maybe. I'm not really big into Beyonce. I, I, I think Alicia Keys is, Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys is hella dope. Yeah. She, she's, I'm not, I'm an aunt. Not aunt but I'm, you're, you're not going to be kid singing like Superwoman, are you? Oh, oh, that's the wrong song. No, that's the one with the piano. Ding, 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 I don't, ding, uh, ding, 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 yeah, I listened to that. I I know I used to work at Indigo up at Bay and Bloor. Yeah, so that was like four. Five, that was like five years ago. So maybe it was five years ago. The black I, and white cover. I, I think it was called All of Me. Maybe. Yeah, that one or the one before. I uh, but I I man I, I I I yeah I sing. I'm fine with that. I don't know in a concert concert. I'm, it's different. Like I could sing. But it's. But what about a club? I should have said the context of uh, club, not concert, because you're paying money to be there and you're gonna enjoy the experience. You should enjoy it hundred a hundred percent and just. Like that one dude at the weekend, yeah. that really goonish dude singing, do you don't know. <laughs> and that's just so, <laughs> what's the story? <laughs> I think the House of Balloons. House, I, think, I was just listening to it on the way. Uh, were you? Oh, yeah. you were really emo just yeah. in the streets of T.O. I, I um big fan of that album. I won't lie. but I, I think that's the best one. That's the best that's one. That's the best one. It kind of like fell, uh, I find it fell apart near as it continued to make more, he continued to make more albums 
but I would say I wouldn't I would sing I wouldn't sing in a club I think as much because I I like to dance so I think I'm more preoccupied with dancing as opposed to singing in a club. Where were you recently, Dave? I've been trying to get you on this podcast for uh, literal for actually probably five months. I hit you up like, hey man, do this podcast. That's, uh, I'm like blah blah blah, and then you've been traveling like all over Canada, and you've been dipping into the U.S. Yeah. Performing at and such. Where have you been, dude? Um, I was in Vancouver. October 30th, I left Vancouver and stayed in Vancouver till November 12th. And then from November 12th to December 2nd, I was in the 34th annual Seattle Comedy Competition. And I came back for like four days. And then I left December 6th to the 13th to Winnipeg. And then I came back and uh, I went to New York for Christmas. And then I went to Windsor to do a show and then came back here to do Massey Hall for New Year's Eve. So I, that's it. Uh, Dude, that's like, sick. Massey yeah, Hall on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So, so for, to our American listeners, Massey Hall is like uh, a legendary venue in the city. Very classy. Uh, like I think about 2,500 2, seats. I think or, or three thousand. It's just a beautiful theater that's been around for I feel like over a hundred years. It's an old, yeah. old theater in Toronto. Who was who else was on that card uh, or on that uh, stage? Uh, it was mostly see the thing about that like I don't work with yuck yucks. So the, uh, I got asked to that's a that's a yucks that's show's book like by Mark Breslin, so I was asked to do it, which is uh, Mark Breslin is the founder of, founder yuck, of yucks? yuck yucks. Okay, yeah. yeah, and I and you, you which is a comedy a series chain, of comedy yeah. a comedy chain here in Canada. So like if if he you can't if you don't work for yuck yucks like you like you either work for yuck yucks or you work for by yourself kind of thing in Canada. So he asked me to do it, which is kind of it's not weird, but it's like he, it's mostly booked uh, mostly books yuck yucks comics unless you're John Doerr or Deborah Giovanni or uh, Sean Cullen because they have a certain level they've attained where it that, you know that that happens. So when he asked me, I was very thrilled. Because I don't, I don't work for that company. Um, and on the show, they had Alex Bavone, Graham Kay, uh, Christine Walkinshaw, Jeremy Hotz hosted, um, Mike McDonald. Uh, who else? I'm missing some. Oh, Darcy Michael, who's on Spun Out this year. This okay. Year, uh, starting, I think, February on CTV, I believe. Uh, it's a sitcom. And then uh, Jessie Kirshen, I'm saying her last name wrong. She's a comedian from the States, and she has her own show on the Oprah Network. So she closed it out. How long was your set? Uh, mine was 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So you, when I first saw you, Dave, um, okay, well, for, before I get to that, how did you do in the Seattle, the, you mentioned the Seattle Comedy Festival, or uh, Comedy Competition. Am I saying it right? What, what is it called uh, again? The 34th Annual International Seattle Comedy Competition, or Seattle International Comedy Competition. The guy, one of the guys who runs it always, his is uh gets stuck on pronouncing the name right so, <laughs> so i just butchered it but it's like uh it's been going on for a, like a long time it's seattle and san francisco are comedy uh competitions san francisco um has the bigger names that made it like robin williams was in it oh wow jerry d won it i i believe yeah jerry oh nice d did win san francisco uh, wow rob Pugh from canada once san francisco i believe um, Damon Schritter won Seattle from Vancouver. So and, and Dane Cook's done it, like the San Francisco one. So San Francisco has more of like the celebrity people who are celebrities that have done it. But Seattle has people too. Mitch Hedberg uh, was in it, um, uh, but he had, he's he's recently he's passed away. But like so, it's a competition that lasts four weeks. So it starts off with thirty-two and then goes down to the final five. And I uh, finished fourth. 
So you do five to six shows a week, uh, not in Seattle, around Seattle, and you're judged every night, and it goes on points. So do you have to write new material for every show, or how does it work for you? Uh, you or can you do the same material? You can do the same because there's different judges, because the venues aren't, there's only, we only play three times in Seattle. The rest are like towns outside of Seattle, like uh, Bellevue, Auburn, all these small towns. Tacoma? Uh, we did Tacoma University. Okay. So that, uh, that was weird because it wasn't even, a, it was in where the teacher does his lectures. So the lights were on and you're just. So weird. you're like in a lecture hall? You're a lecture hall. Like in a, one of those like university movies like yeah. Van, Van Wilder. Well, actually, I don't even know if they went in the, uh, in the classroom in Van Wilder. But a typical yeah. lecture hall exactly. with the elevated seats yeah. and, okay, wow. And that a is... desk right behind us. And... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, I, to me, I didn't care. I'm used to places like that here in Canada but uh, and the other thing a lot of sometimes we played in front of 700 to 900 people amazing dude and it was like middle class to either rich people we were Kirkland is a very wealthy area so we played in the Kirkland theater now it, like all it was fun but it's grueling mentally and physically I don't think I'd go back for a while it just it broke it breaks you um, well, it, how does what do you mean how does it break you because you're getting judged every night so you get you're, but like, you get judged every night as a comedian every time you step on the stage. You do, but this is ranking, so you're, oh, you're okay. trying to win five thousand dollars. So like one, let's say one night the finals, like you'd you'd kill, but then all of a sudden it would be like uh, you place fourth. You're like, oh my, you're this like <laughs> snapping in the back. You're like, what? I gave my, I crushed. And yeah. then it Just like it depends on the judging. I remember one one night, I scored high, the highest. I finished like fourth. Out of five, I believe. I finished. I but I, on the score sheet, I finished. Out of the, there was three judges, I finished the highest out of everyone. But two judges gave me low scores. They just didn't like me, and then they just dropped me. Oh, that's... So it just kind of that kind of thing. And you, you and we didn't have hotels. Like we were staying at comics places. So for like a week and a half, I was on the ground, like so on someone's actual floor. Floor. And really? Then, yeah. And I was sleep. I was I was sleeping next to the guy who eventually won it, Zoltan. We were both on the ground. And we just had to like, so you'd lose or, or feel like crap and then have to come sleep on the ground. Like, which is, Next to the dude that just is $5,000 richer. Now, eventually, at the time, you know. And, and at the time, you may have beat him that night, so it's awkward. It's not awkward, but it shows you, um, uh, I learned a lot about showmanship and learning that, like, you know, sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes you have to cheer for the next person. So I learned a lot from that competition that has made me, like, much a better comedian and I'm not as intimidated anymore I could after going through that. I asked Gilson Lubin this question. He was on a podcast once about stand-up comedians like yourself, Dave. In music, when you cover someone's song, that's okay. You cover the song. People have been making careers of covering other people's music, and it's accepted. But if you borrow someone's joke, and you, it's like, it's like the worst sin you could commit in yeah. comedy. Why is that? Because it's 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 not like a joke is uh, to some it you sat down and you wrote it and audiences don't care to no audience is gonna come see a comedian and ask for covers <laughs> you can you cover <laughs> Bill Cosby stuff so, uh, hey comedy, can you do the dentist bit yeah, or my my yeah. can you do my brother Russell <laughs> yeah so I think it's just more that's why people it's like you because you work so hard to like to go you know what it is it's like not you do work hard to be a musician you're in the studio you're trying to lay a track down but comedy you have to go out every night to these crappy rooms and build a joke so then you go out let's say a month it takes you to craft this joke and if it's off a bit it ruins it and then some dude steals it and is doing it all over all over town or all over the country you're like come on man i spent man i spent like i i worked during it like you know what I, mean? I hustled to get this joke so i think that's why that's like a tap that's like a sin 
and that's something that no comedian should do. So I would never uh, myself ever do it. You you mentioned Robin Williams, and I was just talking to my dad on the weekend, and he was saying uh, that he uh, we we're talking about comedians for some reason, and he remembers seeing Robin Williams on one of the talk shows, whether it's the Tonight Show or whether it was with Letterman, and he was wearing all red. Okay? And he was just completely peacocking like he was Michael Irvin or Deion Sanders or something. But Robin Williams has been a comedian who has been, in the past, um, uh, accused of borrowing other people's, other comments, comics material. And I've heard he's gone as far as like writing checks and just, he'll just send a person a check because he's borrowed their bit. So if someone more famous than you, Dave, yeah. borrowed one of your bits, would you then feel the same way or would you feel... Honored a little bit. I don't know. I I feel slighted, um, but like their level is like I I assume I'm not, I'm not at that level. So like they're busy. They have a lot of they have to come up with. So the pressure for them to come up with with there's really not that big of a pressure for me to come up for an hour. Like no no like networks like man we need an hour right away next year. Like, no one's doing that at their level. Their 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 fan base is growing, but it might be growing more than they can give out. So I could see maybe that's why Robin panicked and he's like I'm just gonna take jokes and write checks. I could see at his at the level he was at, maybe yeah. he just didn't he he didn't know what to do. Um, I don't. I still think it's wrong. I'm not. Um, if he took one of my jokes, let's say some someone famous took one of my jokes, I my part of me might be like, oh man, like if this, Louis C.K. took one of your concepts. Oh, I, I might be a part of me might be like, oh, shit. oh sorry, uh, Louis. Did That's it. okay. Like, took uh, took it, but then a part of me is like, it's not fair. It's wrong. Why would why would he why would what he if do what that? if he what if what if it's like. What if it's Aziz or Kevin acknowledge you like, hey man, I was in Toronto and I was um, and I was uh, I was at a, a bowling alley with my friend Dave Merhage and uh, we're these group of girls came in and then whatever your joke is, but what if he name checks you in the story uh, before he before he he steals your bed? That might I, I might let it, like I, Kevin I, lo- I love Kevin so I might let us but again my j- jokes are. Like it's not like I don't have uh, jokes per se. I just kind of you like, tell stories. I tell stories or just speak my mind. So like then it would it would be annoying because I'm like yo those are my thoughts. Like I I like <laughs> trained myself for like so many years to just that's how I want to do my comedy is like I'm just telling you a story or just my thought. Like I went to I went to this dentist and this happened. So it's hard to take to take a joke because there's really no joke in there. It's more of a perspective. I was, um, so I, b- before we, um, so I was like, I, I ran into a friend of mine in Kensington Market and this, uh, you know, it's female and she was t- telling me how like this dude keeps texting her, this, this dude that she, um, uh, like she's part of like a running club and, and she's not really that interested. <laughs> there's no way that this guy or her, she's going to listen to this, whatever. I won't say their names, but she's not really interested in the dude, but he texts her all the time. Yeah. So I, I said, my advice to her was either just ignore his texts or just say, she started seeing her ex, her ex boyfriend. Okay. If you, what, if she asks you the same question, like Dave, how should I handle this? What advice do you give to her? Tell her you're not interested. Tell, tell, tell her to go. Hey, man, I'm not interested. But rudely. Whoa, really? Like, yeah. you can People can't be that blunt, though, dude. Yeah, I know. Everybody's they can't. so sensitive these days. But you got to because this, this hound won't stop. <laughs> this guy will not stop, and it's just you're not giving you're you're. Cause then you're allowing him now to be a friend. Don't make him an enemy or just make him the world. Just be like, look, man, you don't have to be like a just jerk. Just be like, look, you're not getting this vagina like ever. Because even in that psycho's head, 
he's gonna be <laughs> but like he's not a psycho now he just, not, he's, he's not just... a psycho but like he like not him per se is a psycho but his dude chase for woman psycho meter is just gonna go oh, that doesn't mean anything to me dudes don't care they, they're they're hounds they will not they will not care I've, i'll be walking with my girlfriend and dude will look at me he'll check either he'll check he'll check out my girl and then he'll look at me and acknowledge and let me know that i checked out your girl <laughs> really yeah. dudes are that bold dudes these days don't care dudes are like the especially if they're younger they don't care that you be like yo that's my girl they're like yeah so <laughs> what else you're wearing a shirt i know these are all observations that i don't care about and and i think you, that guy's not gonna leave her alone to say that um oh i'm talking to my ex he's like okay whatever i guarantee you and, and i told this to a friend comic she's like um, she invited this other comic to her play, place, like, uh, let, let's eat. And I'm like, man, he's going to think it's a date. Yeah, for sure. He's like, once you, it's a date if she inv- invites you back to your to your crib, her, sorry, her crib. But for pizza, that's where she, this is where the confusion is. She's like, it's just pizza. You know, like, you know, girl, it's just pizza. Like, that doesn't, dude, doesn't, they don't go buy food items. They, they, <laughs> you, you said, hey, come over. So he's like, they're always looking to have sex. Right. So like the, you, he's just, and she's like, well, now he thinks something else. I'm like, yeah, you have to be like, hey man, you're coming over, no vagina, but just pizza. Yeah, but like if, even it. if even if she was like, my mom's staying there, my place is a mess, uh, there's no heat. It's the dudes. He will not hear anything past. Do you want to come over? <laughs> yeah. Like all those nothing. other qualifiers, nothing. And it doesn't matter nothing. the state of her place. It's just that he's in, and he thinks he's going to get in. Yeah, we've all we've all been there. Like, oh, have we ever? You're the, you're the, I'm there. Like yeah. a girl could be like, I, 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 you know, come over. You're like, okay, I'm gonna find it. Like it, it. You're not. No dude's gonna reject it. Like I find girls. Girls can reject like a dude. They're like, ah, you know what? I don't really want to do this, and they could stay friends forever. They have that ability. Like, guys, just wait. Like, he's just obviously everyone knows that. He's just like, no dude's gonna reject if she's like, hey, I'm naked, come in the room. No dude's gonna be like, what? I thought we we're friends. <laughs> I don't ever want to ruin the idea that I could talk to you on a Tuesday about my feelings. <laughs> he doesn't care, man. He could, he could be like, he could get diagnosed for cancer 20 minutes before that. Like, you got lung cancer, you're gonna die. He's like, what? I'm getting like late, like not. <laughs> That's why your your friend should just be like I'm I'm not, I'm not interested. You have to you have to find another. Uh, you have to just back away because this is not going to amount to anything. I'm sorry that I'm being rude, but this will never amount to anything. Even in your dreams, shut it down. Mo- mo- moment, moments later, uh, this dude hit me up. He's like, "What's up, bro?" Just like, via text, and it's a guy I've known for a little while. But he's one of those dudes that like wants to have like a conversation with me, and like and. But I don't really want to have just a random conversation. I feel like when dudes text each other, it's for one of three reasons. A, you're making plans or for something. B, it's about the game. Or 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 C, it's about a girl or this dude's latest conquest. If it's if these are friends outside of work. I mean, yeah. work obviously is, is work. But like if it's just... I don't really... I don't find that dudes communicate with each other just to talk about stuff that's not either about a girl about a game or making plans for something do you find do you have people like that in in your life that you could either that just hit you up to want to just have random conversations with you because uh, it's the one dude that does it to me and i'm like dude i don't want to just talk like you're not a girl i don't want to talk to you I have a 45 minute text message exchange about just random things i agree with you and i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and lie i'm like i have women tendencies <laughs> 
I have realized that even my recent relationship, I have women tendencies. What I, is that? Oh, women tendencies mean it like it might be rude towards women, but I'm like, I, I could hear myself going, she hasn't texted me back in 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> you tell that to a dude, like your buddy's going to be like, so? Yeah, exactly. You know, dude's going to be a lot like, but I'm like, I have these like, so I, I have talked to, I talked to a friend last night about like, like I called him about my problems. That's, that could be a reason though, but like. He was in a room full of comics, and the comics like, "Yo, after he's like, who's that? You talking to your girlfriend?" He goes, "No, no." He's like, "Who the hell are you talking to?" He's like, "My buddy." And he was like, "Are like, are you gonna like, are you you're gonna have sex?" Like, he said, "No, it's just my buddy." And he's like, "That's weird. Why you talk to a dude like that?" So it's like, I I could, I I think there are three reasons why we we contact each other. Like you said, the game or my friends sometimes. A lot of the conversations I have with my friends over phone is stories. Like, yo, I got this story. Let me call you. Okay. I got this story. Let me call you. And it's like sometimes- I feel like that's- Isn't that kind of rare, though, when actually dudes actually talk on the phone as opposed to text? Uh, it's a, if it's a good story, like I have a comedian friend of mine, Alex Pavone. He can't tell you the story through text. It would just- The story would suck. Right, so he okay. he has to call you to tell yeah. you every detail, and I'm fine with that. And it's like an event. Right, <laughs> and then the other time is like to call and say, "Hey, meet me here to make plans." But there's some random times where I'll be like, "Man, I just want to talk crap." Yeah. So who can I call? And I just call one of my buddies. I'm like, and we're just talking shit about nothing. Like there, nothing. I, I have like in my like I have like three of those friends which I can talk about just anything like work relationships like like you could actually have like meaningful yeah. conversation but those are like deep like inner circle friends oh, okay if we're talking inner circle like, inner circle yeah, yeah, that's like all, a different set of rules but like guys that are more like on the periphery like dude i don't want to like what's up bro everything is good man how's work works excellent i mean things are going great over at sorry things are going great over at uh you know at tsn Okay, that guy, if it's outside your circle, then it's just weird. Yeah. It's just like, there's no need, man. Like, like what, what do you want from me? Yeah, yeah thank you. You're, that's... You're, you're suspect. So <laughs> I, I thought we are talking about inner... If it's in the circle, that's fine. But if it's somebody who's like an acquaintance or not really a friend, then they're asking those. Those bother the, the shit out of me where yeah. I'm like, man, what do you want? You sound like a like you're the feds. <laughs> Stop being, you're incriminating me right now, like making me... And then I have to volunteer my life to you, which you, you don't even care. Now, now I'm talking about <laughs> random dumb shit at work. You're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, it's not cool. You want something. <laughs> Just tell me in the first text, hey, man, I want to do a show with you. Yes. Don't put me through the ringer. Yes. I talk about in the water cooler. And then you're like, <laughs> after you go, so what do you do on December 13th? I'm like, really? You dragged all that in. Yeah, just come soul. with a red yeah. We Men should be able to be direct with each other. Women, we can meander about a little yeah, bit. I agree with you fully. Those people I have no time for. Dave Merhej. I'm not saying that right. Dave Merhej? Yeah, it's it. I I don't know how to say it anymore because I've uh, since a kid I've I've people have said it so many different ways. But in Arabic, it's midhish. Midhish. That's, that's the only way I actually truly know how to say it. Well, then I should say it like that, Dave Midhish. I I'm not, I, I, I feel like I'm that. butchering it. it. No, no, I say that to people. I'm like, yeah, in the Arabic way, and people are like, yeah, they give you that face. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> man, you're, if, if the face is almost like, hey, man, your people haven't reached the cool level yet. <laughs> Like, you know how, like, an ethnicity is in the danger zone for, like, 40 years until, like, they do something, like, you know, like, we're not there yet. Like, I feel like Hispanics <laughs> and blacks have made the cool and yeah. Arabs are just slowly, <laughs> and then, like, something happens and they're back down and you're like, there's no way. <laughs> Nobody's like, man, I really want to be Arab. <laughs> Dave, uh, on Twitter, you can follow his adventures at Dave. M E R H E J E Merhej or Merhej? Merhej. Merhej. Uh, are you on Instagram also? Yeah, so it's the same thing. Dave Merhej. I'm on Instagram. 
And uh, and you guys can and do you have a website also? Yes, uh, DaveMurhesh.com. Okay, well you keep it simple. Keep it uniform. It's all that's the, same. the smart way. Uh, dude, thank you for the oh, laughs. Thank you for having me. Man. And uh, we will definitely have another one of these conversations here on uh, whether it's just the Cappy Presents podcast or it's another edition of My Guy Mondays. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to Cappy Presents the podcast.